Hi, I'm Sam Walsh, producer of Multisite Masters. Welcome to this week's show. This week we have James Haller joining us. James is the CEO of Ego Restaurants, a Mediterranean-style bar and restaurant chain operating in the Midlands and north of England. James also sits as an NED and chair across a number of other businesses, including Cartwheel Recruitment, Patisserie Valerie and Ping Pong. In this episode, you'll hear James tell the story of his career to date, from growing Frankie and Benny's from three to 65 restaurants in five years, to then buying into Latasca and taking that business from 16 to 74 restaurants, right through to today with his latest business, Ego Restaurants. James shares some great insight into the regional business model he's currently deploying with Ego Restaurants, and why he's made the choice to keep some of his businesses out of London completely. Joining us as our host again this week, we also have Jane Sunley. Jane is founder and chair of HR consultancy Purple Cube, which advises some of the best known names in retail, hospitality and beyond on just how they can harness technology to improve employee engagement. You can contact the Purple Cube team via hello at purplecube.com or through their website purplecubed.com. That's purple as in the colour, C-U-B-E-D, all one word, dot com. This episode is brought to you by Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. Some of the UK's biggest retail and hospitality brands are already using Yapster to drive sales, improve job satisfaction and lower staff turnover. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R dot info. Okay then, on with the show. Over to you, Jane. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Jane Sunley and I'm sitting here in very sunny Moorgate with James Haller, the CEO of Ego Restaurants. Welcome, James. Hello, Jane. Nice to see you. So you're one of the top six best employees in hospitality and you're going to tell us about that in a minute. But first, let's hear about your uh, rise to fame and a little bit about your career to date. Well, I don't know about rise to fame, but... um... (laughs) I start, I've always been in hospitality since I was a young boy, man, and uh, I've always been fortunate enough to enjoy it and still love it today. I started in hotels and then I moved into corporate life with Granada and Forte Roadside Restaurants um, when I was a young man. And then I moved across to head up Frankie and Benny's uh, in the mid-90s and I developed Frankie and Benny's from a three-unit size diner business to um, 65 restaurants. Wow, when I how long did that take? That was between 1995 and 2000. So pretty rapid um, stuff in five So it years, was then. quite quick. Whoa. It was quite a quick business growth. Um, and then I left that to do the management buyout um, or buy-in of La Tasca, mm. which was in 2001. Mm-hmm. So we bought 16 restaurants in 2001, um, Spanish tapas bars, and built that up to 54 restaurants in 2005, where right. we floated on the AIM stock market. Mm-hmm. And then we sold out in 2007 when we had 74 restaurants, of which wow. 69 were here in the UK and five were a managed business in North America. Right. Um, and um, and that, was, that was my sort of apprenticeship years, as I say. So you must have learnt masses in those years. Learnt a lot and still learn a lot but I did yeah I mean I did because it was you know we, we uh, in any cycle of any economy or business growth you go through periods where things are going very well and then you get other times when it's difficult 
I mean, we actually did the deal for Latasca uh, on 9-11. We were the last deal to be completed before the Twin Towers. And so, you know, I can honestly say that the first day of our ownership was the worst day the business had ever had. Yeah, of course. And that did, you know, that put the pressure on mm. for a month or two as I had to work around the clock to try and stop the bank from regretting what they'd just done, which was to put significant funds behind us to buy that business. So that was quite a scary a scary time for a while. Yeah, I can relate to that, because I started my business the day before 9-11. Oh, really? And likewise, had a bit of a panic the next day when everything disappeared, and there I was. But yes, we, we made it, though. Yes, we came through. <laughs> we came through. And, and yeah, I mean, it was lovely It was lovely building the business, building the Tesco up. And it's amazing to think that here we are, you know, 10 years to the month since we sold that business. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, and since then, tell us more. No, so now our main business is Ego Restaurants. We've got 15 of those, and they are a regional business, Midlands, um, the Northwest, and then up into um, Yorkshire. Um, and it's a casual dining Mediterranean business, um, delivering consistent product um, at good value. And within the 15, we're now focusing on pubs. So eight of those sites mm. are pubs. Um, where effectively we take a long lease on a pub, we invest our money into it, which is about half a million pounds a pub, and create a restaurant destination. Um, and our plan is to open six of those a year for the next three years. So we want to get to north of 30 sites um, in three years' time. And then see what happens next. And then see what happens next. Absolutely. So any plans to put one in London, or will it no. stay regional? We're going to stay regional because... Um, I want consistency of product and I'm quite, um, that really matters. And by consistency of product, I mean, you know, service, delivery, food, staff, etc. We can only achieve that with the right people in the right places. Mm. And we can only grow them by having the right support management around them. And therefore, we'll only open one 30 or 40 miles from another one. Right. Because otherwise you don't get the same level of consistent management. Um, and that's why we would love to grow south, but we will only grow. We wouldn't do one 100 miles further south. No. Because we won't get the consistent level of management that I um, yeah. demand from my guys to, to give a consistent product to our guests. That makes a lot of sense. Very sound strategy mm. there. So you mentioned people, obviously very important. Top six of employers in hospitality, that's pretty impressive so how have you done that yeah we were top six last year and we know that we're in the top six this year we don't know where we oh, are so this year be better than six so this year. we could be better than Ooh. six this year um well i mean the people that stuff is at the heart of us and and, and you've known me long enough to know that that, that is very much what we do um our general manager's tenure is now 4.8 years really um our head chef tenure is now six and a half years mm. our two area managers are 10 years approaching, one is over and one is approaching 10 years. My exec chef has now been with me for 10 years. Um, my COO that runs the business day to day, whilst I have other business interests, has been working with me for 22 years now, mm -hmm. come all the way through the different businesses. So it's very much at the heart of what we do. Um, and to me, I think it, 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 you can only achieve that consistency if you've got stable people. And I prefer to work with people and make them better and better and better and better and better and see them grow and give them career development and opportunities. 
rather than to um, have high turnover. Our staff turnover this year is 15.9%. Good for you. Which is, you know, and that's the hourly paid staff. So it's a very, very, very low percentage. Um, general manager turnover, 6.6%, which is one person in, in, in the 12 months. Yeah. So, you know, these things uh, um, matter to us. Um, how do we get there? We do it through, through I think, a lack of hierarchy. Mm. Is that we're all very level. I have different responsibilities to other people in the business, but I'm, but I'm no more superior. Um, so we have a very flat structure. Mm. We have no head office. So we have a finance office in Manchester, in Bolton. Right. But nobody else, everybody else works in the business yeah. whilst they're working on the business. Um, we have a culture that is never say no, which works for our guests as well as our staff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have very robust systems and we're very focused on the systems and they have to be adhered to. But we're then quite fair and non-hierarchical yes. and people know where they stand with us as an employer which I think matters a lot, actually. Yeah. You know, I think people like to know where yeah. they stand. and you deliver what you say you're going to do. And we do what we say we're going to do. Exactly. Um, so for all this work, you have to get the right people in the first place, and you're yeah. obviously pretty good at picking them, since they seem to stay around and do very well with you. So what do you look for specifically? Well, we're more, in, we're more interested now in the, in, 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 in the site level of personality. Yeah. So... We're less interested in education and we're less interested in specific experience. Right. We are more interested in someone's character, charisma, personality, what they have about them, because we, can, we, can, we believe that we can grow the rest. Yeah. Um, and again, if you've got good quality general managers, and our general managers are very influential, they, you know, they, they are decision makers, they're not just implementers, yeah. then I think they can also bring the best out of their employees through that. They can give them the skills. Um, but if they've got the personality and the willingness to want to come to work and do a good job, which most people do, because come on, be fair, you know, there's many easier businesses to work in. Absolutely. You know, so I think our staff that pick us as an employer want to come and work for us. Yes. The reason why they would ever leave is because we've let them down. Yeah. And that's normally, I think, what happens. You know, people don't, when they take a job on, they know that they're, they know what's what's it's about. They want to work there. That's yeah, why they're there for the interview. Of course, and and of course that just uh, reinforces how important it is to get the right management and leaders, because it's not all about you. Clearly, it's about the people in the sites who are looking after them on the day to day and keeping them engaged. I guess yeah, absolutely, and I think it is right about that. And the, but it's about how we develop them as well. I mean, we're very uh, direct. We're very open. Um, the business is very honest. Integrity matters, and respect yeah. matters, and that's yeah. through everybody. Um, and we, you know, expect a level of, of behaviour, etc., etc. But with all those things in, then you can start to, to build someone's knowledge and experience and make them a better manager and a better person. Um, and typically, if you do it in quite a direct, um, you know, way, then they, they, you know, they come, they come through, yeah. and they also understand what we're trying to, to achieve with them. Um, yeah. Makes total sense, and you know. You've got to get it, and you clearly do, and it works. So I just do wonder sometimes where everybody doesn't take that approach. But well, I think I think we have a genuine um, mindset that employees do matter. So, and I don't think you know maybe that's not as high on other people's agenda as it is on ours. And I think that that really does matter. You know, we're we're only small. You know, we've only got six hundred and twenty staff, so we're not a big employer. 
and we still know them and we know what they're doing and we know their issues yes. and pressures and family and you know we sort of are small enough to understand what people want and if we see somebody unhappy or we see someone who may be you know not the right fit we can deal with that very quickly and help them or guide them um, you know yeah absolutely. our communication is very good as well yes yes I, I mean that's true. yeah we we communicate with the site once a week we do the ego times which we produce at four o'clock every Monday afternoon and that goes out to every site and that tells them everything that is happening in the business right they do their own entry every every general manager enters and says what they've done in that week and then we also use it for communication of things that are changing be yes. it HR policies be it Whatever training it be. be it new yeah. openings yeah yeah admirable and one of the other things I've always admired about you is you always know everything about your business you always know every number and you can quote them merrily so let's think about who's influenced you on the way up and, and the people that you admire oh that's a great question I mean I've, I've worked for some some terrific people and I've learned a lot um, currently, I work with Luke Johnson on a, on a number of businesses, mm -hmm. and Luke is a very, very driven, successful entrepreneur in our space, Indeed, in, yeah. in other spaces as well. But very, but very influential, and I've learned a lot from Luke in terms of, of you know, if you like, my sort of later years in this. My formative years, I worked for a chap called Douglas Goodhall at the Berestead Hotel in Ascot, oh. who was a brilliant general manager. And taught me the difference, which I've always, I still use, I use it with my children and I use it with people. The difference between looking and seeing. And it was a real skill that you can actually look at things but never see anything. And he taught me a real skill there. I worked with Charles Allen. Mm, um, at Granada. At Granada. Yeah. Yeah, now Lord Allen. And he really taught you how to focus on profitability mm. and how to drive profitability out of a business. Um, which is brilliant. John Barnes uh, was my chairman at Latasca when we did the Latasca deal. Um, and John Barnes, who, who was um, the ex Harry Ramsons, yes. he was ex um, PG, he, he was chairman of Novus at the same time as he was my chairman. Brilliant marketeer, brilliant brand person, and learned a lot from John as to mm. his, his you know, mental capacity and his ability to. To, to, to build brands and what matter to consumers. So they're the sort of people that I've learned along the way um, and to always try and you know just, just do better myself, really. Yeah, excellent, brilliant, good for you. So lots happening on the high street at the moment. What do you think's next? What do you think the challenges are? Have a bit of general Well, I mean, comments. our sector's going to have quite a difficult time. Yeah. I mean, because, because um, I think you've got a number of issues. You've got business rates, Mm -hmm. which is, is increases are now, I mean, they're just unsustainable. Um, we've got overcapacity, I think. Yes. Um, Particularly in London, actually. Yeah, I think, well, London and the rest of the UK are probably two different markets. Mm. Um, so I think London is going to find the mid-market very difficult. Uh, I'm an investor in Lyon, and, and, and that is doing very well, and that quick service, I think, will grow. And I think the top-end restaurants will also continue to, to do well. But the mid-market, London's going to have a difficult time. And the, the onset of the cost space, be it rent reviews, business rates, living wage, apprenticeship levy. Mm. I mean, it's all ingredient costs. It's all coming at us at the same time. Yes. We decided to exit our London business last um, year yeah. because we could see these headwinds coming. And we exited our business in, in January this year. So we're now focused on out of... London rollout, um, 
and the pub business model that we're doing we think is quite sensible or I think is quite sensible model because that's that's going to see us with a very different business model that is less susceptible to these headwinds yes um, so that was the reason for doing it yeah. it was purely a, a, a my commercial head to say of course this is what we should as do as always you know um, <laughs> so I think the high street's going to have um, you know they've just got to make sure that the operational gearing the relationship between our costs and our profits doesn't get to a point in which in which there's no point there's nothing left because that will stop investment that will stop recruitment that will stop employment yeah we've got to be a bit careful yeah it, it must be almost happening already I would have thought yeah it's getting squeezed and you know, there's no point in me working for a landlord or working, you know, for for, for no. the economy. You know, you, 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 we have to deliver a level of profitability of from course. our business yeah. to make the capital that we're investing a sustainable model. That, that, that's that's what yeah. we're doing. Or go and sit at home with your feet up, I suppose. Really. Uh, potentially, <laughs> not for me. No, not for you. No, I can't ever imagine you doing that, really, James. So, James, I know you've pulled out of London, as it were, but you always have an eye on what's going on. Yeah. And there's lots of excitement on the high street at the moment about what's going to be the next big thing. So what are your predictions for that? Well, I, th- I don't think there's going to be a lot of new things coming out because I think most of it has now been done. Um, however, I've just invested in Corazon, which is a taqueria. And oh. I think taquerias, which are very big in New York... Very could big be in Los Angeles too. Very big in Los Angeles too. Could be quite big in London. And um, so the small taqueria bar, I think... And I think it will be London for a number of years before it moves out to the regions. But certainly, taquerias like Corazon um, could be the next the next big thing. Oh, well, next time I see you, maybe we'll go there? We'll go there, to Poland <laughs> Street. <laughs> Thank you. And what about, apart from expanding ego, what, what else is next for you personally? Well, we're very focused on ego growth, um, and that's taken quite a bit of time up. Um, Patisserie Holdings is another uh, business that, that, that I'm on the board of, and that's quite a big business now. We've got over 200 sites in that oh, business. Okay. Um, and so continuing to, to grow that business, um, and that's a PLC. Uh, Ping Pong is another business that I chair, which is a dim sum business in London, and spend a bit of time on that. Um, and obviously, Cartwheel Recruitment, which is where we are today, um, yes. seeing the expansion of that. So there's a lot on, um, and it's good fun, and I still love it. Good. And the day you don't remember all the figures, that's maybe the day when you think about doing something else. But I don't know when that will ever be. It will never be. It will never <laughs> be. Know. It will never be. No, we know all of our numbers inside out and always. what we're doing. Yeah, and, always. Um, very important. Of course it is. Essential. Lovely. Well, it's been very interesting talking to you, James. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Jane. Enjoyed it. Thank you to our guest, James Harler, CEO of Ego Restaurants. If you want to get in touch with either James or Jane, you can find their contact details on our website, multisitemasters.co.uk. Thanks also to our episode sponsor, Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R dot info. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to welcoming you back for next week's episode. As ever, you can email me via producer at multisitemasters.co.uk with any feedback or suggestions you might have for future guests. Thanks.